What's up, everyone? Welcome to Creative Crunch. My name is Curtis. I'm in the secret bunker, and I think I'm all connected and ready to go. I'm streaming on Instagram, and I just want to say thanks to everyone like Cody and V underscore RC and everybody else who has already kind of tuned in into the first couple of minutes of getting this going. I have my laptop today. I've got a stand for my phone. I got a GoPro going. I'm recording on the Big Mac. I think this podcast thing is going to be pretty good from now on, and I also put a graphic. Um, So just if you haven't heard already, the first kind of episode, it's like a 20 minute chunk of audio is live on my anchor page, anchor.fm slash creative crunch. Creative crunch is what we're um, starting to call this. So the first kind of 20 minute episode of creative crunch is available on anchor.fm slash creative crunch. I'm kind of calling it that so that you can kind of just listen to this while you're making stuff. Um, while you're waiting for something to 3D print or you're waiting for paint to dry or, you know, you're firing up the kiln, whatever kind of creative thing you've got going on in whatever industry you're in, uh, Creative Crunch is just a passive consumption for you to kind of get into insights into the art industry sides of things. Um, A little bit about me, if you haven't heard the first episode, my name is Curtis and I just recently graduated from MSU Denver with a bachelor's degree in arts industry administration. That's building off a two-year degree that I have in graphic design and kind of the momentum that I had gained as the producer and event planner behind Stuff on Walls. Um, So that kind of rise to fame prompted me to go back to school and now I'm done. I knocked out another two years. I've got a bachelor's degree. The media landscape has really changed a lot. Podcasting is big now, live streaming and video and a lot of things have changed and a lot of things about graphic design have changed and so I kind of just call myself a content creator and you are listening to some of the content that I create. I really want to work for other people and other brands and um, other artists in the future, but I know in order to do that and quote unquote be an expert and provide that, I need to have a body of content, sort of of my own opinions and research and um, what I do as an artist. Um, So let's kind of get into what we were going to talk about today. So just a quick overview of what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to kind of do what I'm calling like a deep dive into Instagram um, and kind of talking about what IGTV looks like. It's been about a week. It came out on June 20th. Um, So it's been about a week. When I checked last night, it was um, on the top 10 charts for the iOS store. So that means like it's it's held its position for the first week. And I think as a standalone app, that's really interesting now like that we're seeing Instagram features turn into standalone applications. And I think this is Instagram's response to a lot of people um, really jumping on board with stories and really exploring that format and really seeing that like video on Instagram is doing really well. Um, Obviously, it's designed that way through the algorithm. You know that if you've ever posted a video. Um, If yeah, if you just post any video on Instagram, um, regardless of production value, right? Like don't consider it whatever. Like we were just talking about phones on stands and bendy arms, like just video alone will take the reach through the roof. Um, and I'm sure through repetition that reach can turn into engagement numbers, right? So we're going to be talking about IGTV because that's kind of just the continued evolution of video, right? Like it just doesn't stop. Um, photos are kind of bygone, which is interesting now, you know, that I'm considering myself a photographer. Um, 
you know, but like moving content um, and engaging content that way. The algorithm is just designed for that. And I think people really respond to that. So we're going to be talking about IGTV um, and kind of what that means. And then I thought we would just kind of like break down the Instagram features, right? Like we would just go feature by feature and talk about how they might fit into a marketing plan and how they might fit into, um, you know, your content creation landscape as an independent creator or maker. Uh, because what I'm kind of getting at with this podcast with creative crunch is that all this time and energy that you're spending into making things, just a fraction of that energy, um, going into communication now is the word that I'm starting to use communicating what you're creating and communicating the narrative, um, through messaging and through clear messaging. I think you'll just see exponential gains, right? Especially in the maker space and especially as like independent artists, especially, you know, if you're seeking, um, different routes for exposure, you know, to use that word, I know it has a lot of negative connotations, but really like exposure with intent and exposure with value. So we'll just kind of go through the features there. And if you're on Instagram or Facebook and you're watching the live streams and we're talking about that kind of platform and you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to chime in, uh, feel free to co-host, feel free to drop comments. Let me know what you're thinking because I'm not claiming to be an Instagram guru. I'm just someone who happens to use it every single day and has used it for, you know, um, larger galleries, myself, other brands. Um, I tend to give advice on it. Try to do some Q&A on knowing your audience and sort of demographics and analytics. And if you're doing the craft fair circuit, you know, talking about things like, are you taking attendance numbers? Are you recording what's buying? And how are you moving people who are interested interested in your art and your content down the sales funnel, right? Because I think a lot of artists and a lot of creative people struggle with this. I still struggle with this, um, really being able to move someone who's interested or showing some interest or recognizing the level of interest in a person and being able to move them down the funnel and knowing what the end game is, right? Like I think a lot of artists, especially and crafters during this summer season, think that like the end game is like handing out a card or maybe getting someone to sign up for a newsletter, right? Um, But I think there's different ways of going about that. But it all starts with like knowing your audience and knowing who you're supposed to be talking to. And um, just going to Zine Fest this past Sunday, I mean, it was very evident what booths knew their audience and who was still kind of trying to figure that out. And that's fine. Like we all have to do our first events. Like you all have to do it for the first time um, anytime, you know, whether it's a production or something, you've got to get out there. Um, You can also follow me on Twitter at Curtis underscore podcast. I'm dedicating that like slow solely to like podcast customer service is what I'm calling it. Um, I think Twitter as a platform is undervalued in the Denver art community and the Denver maker community. I think there's like a lot of retweeting that happens, but like I'm, so I'm just trying to make a culture shift and dedicating that like solely to like just the podcast. If you have any questions about the podcast or any questions about, um, 
this kind of sphere of my content creation, just hit me up at Twitter at Curtis underscore podcast. And then Creative Crunch is currently available on anchor.fm slash creative crunch. And I'm working on getting it distributed to other things. I just got a notification that it got distributed to another podcasting service. And hopefully it gets distributed to the larger ones like Spotify and iTunes in the coming weeks. Um, All of your love and support around that really kind of makes things like that happen. So I appreciate everyone who's tuned in on the live stream um, and who listens to the episodes. The Rhythm is going to be a new episode every Monday, um, at least in the morning they'll be getting out. And then in the afternoons on Monday, I'll be doing this kind of thing. I'll be um, podcasting in the bunker at the Undisclosed Public Library in the Denver metro area and just like talking to you guys. So getting into this, Instagram... Um, did a press release on June 20th announcing IGTV. But I think what's really interesting is that press release actually had two announcements in it. And the first one is getting like completely glossed over. So many people are talking about IGTV because of its significance on the video platform. But there was like this other little sneak announcement right at the beginning. And you can catch it at the beginning of their press release and I think at the beginning of the video. So they just announced that Instagram is a community of 1 billion users. Okay, so they launched in 2010. It's been eight years and they have a billion users. That's uh, 13% of the Earth's population. I checked this morning. There's a website that like lets you know in real time what the population of the Earth is. And um, it's at like 7.5 right now billion people. Um, so to have 1 billion people participating in a social media platform Having 13% of the Earth's population participating in a social media platform that is centered around visual content. First, it was photography and and still images. And more and more now, it's becoming video, right? Like video, Instagram is becoming this sort of, I'm starting to call it like a second YouTube, right? Like as YouTube faces all of these complications with monetization and the identity issues and sort of the separate of the audience and the lack of corporate response, Instagram, i.e., what I actually mean by that is Facebook and Instagram, um, their you know Facebook being their parent company, are really shifting to respond to that. Right, like they're listening to the amount of content creators on YouTube that are not happy with um, the revenue streams and the revenue possibilities that once were there. Right, like could make a living off of the ad revenue. Right, like could really genuinely make money off of a decent chunk of change off of the ad revenue. And then you have adpocalypse and the landscape has changed even more drastically since then to where now like the only way that you make money is like selling t-shirts or having Amazon affiliate links and having sponsorships. Like there's so many content creators that have gone on the record saying that like a sponsorship can be so much more money than they make monthly from their ad revenue solely from YouTube. So we're seeing like a lot of shifts to that. Like you see Gary V sh- shifting to Twitch and live streaming and you see like PewDiePie doing app development. And I think what like David Dobrik's vlog squad is doing is really interesting and in how you see all of them kind of going their separate avenues now um, into media production and music production and content creation. So it'll be really interesting to see that. But just that first announcement, I think kind of went under everyone's radar to have 
1 billion people visually communicating, right? Like I know there's captions, but it's visual content. We have 13% of the world creating, participating, liking, watching, sharing, consuming visual based content. Um, It'll be interesting to kind of compare that to Twitter and to other networks to see what happens um, with that. But the other interesting thing about IGTV and this announcement is that it's going to be its own independent app, right? Like, I have it. I got it. Um, I downloaded it pretty immediately once I discovered that because I thought it was pretty interesting, right? Like a lot of these features have been rolled into Instagram, but it's interesting to have this feature now like start the opposite direction to start like externally. And I know a lot of people get push notifications um, when they're in the application about who's creating content and things like that. But it'll be interesting to see the number of users that actually solely consume IGTV through the IGTV app. Uh, Like I said before, it's still on the top 10 for photo and video charts in the iOS store when I checked last night. So it's really interesting to see that. And it's also really interesting to see the type of content that's, um, I wouldn't even say asked. I was kind of say like is being demanded um, that we produce, right? Vertical video. So it's really interesting because I remember there being a lot of conversation around vertical video at Colorado Mountain College when I was attending there, right? So the idea with vertical video is it's pro-social and it's pro-mobile, I'll say. Um, Nobody turns their phones sideways. So I think it was ridiculous to have an argument where you demand people to rotate their devices counterintuitive to how they use them in order to create content, right? Because we, I mean, you, you move your phone if you're streaming something for over, I would say what, five minutes. Does anybody else agree, disagree with that? If you're streaming Netflix or HBO go, like I understand it. You want to see that full 16 to nine ratio. And maybe you want to have closed captioning on with your headphones or whatever, but on the fly kind of scrolling consumption, that passive consumption, vertical video is fine. And my friend Wyatt pointed out Spotify video. And I'm not one to like sit there and like watch the Spotify video, but I can say it has definitely like caught the corner of my eye when you have your music playing to see a video thrown into this. And I think it's another level of curation. And so I think Instagram TV is another level of curation. It's another way to tell stories because I think the big issue was um, that kind of choppiness, like you, you'll, you'll, you'll see it in my story today as I was trying to like update you guys, you know, I had to do hands-free and I had to do like three hands-free story updates on Instagram just to kind of get my thought out as I was like doing other things. And so to have like Instagram TV and I experimented with this and to like make an episode and have to dedicated content for that was a really interesting experience. Um, so vertical video, I think is going to kind of eliminate that need for like choppy stories. The second you're content creating and like you're thinking that it's instantly going to be longer than 60 seconds, I think people will just like make a video and upload it as an Instagram TV episode and people will consume it that way. And it's just another type of notification, right? Like you just get the rainbow bar at the top. We're already always looking for like the newest stories. I don't know if you guys are story junkies like me, but now that like I've automated my posts a lot in Instagram, 
program. I'm looking for other kinds of things to do on the application because I'm not stressing about producing my own content. So I'm like, I'm tuned in like this week. I've been tuned in to like those push notifications at the top to say who's been, you know, watching and producing IGTV content. Um, and then again, watching it in the app on its own. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of people are looking for in terms of the art industry. I think it'll be great for like exhibition recaps. I think it'll be great for artist interviews. It doesn't matter where you are, right? Like you don't need the location. There doesn't need to be any permanence in that. So like if you're, um, nomadic or if you're like stuff on walls where your location is always changing, um, IGTV can go with you, right? Because your production studio is your phone, right? And I so I think that's like another good bypass for YouTube right now, you know, is like just whip your phone out wherever your DIY show is happening, wherever you paid for a booth space and like take 10 minutes or less to just create some content and create something solely and exclusively for IGTV because that role of videos shows up where your story highlights are, right? And so now you can have a whole nother thing by your highlights that's IGTV. And so it just shows that you're participating more and more in this landscape. So it'll be really interesting to see what people do with that. I also thought it was interesting in the press release to say that uh, creators are the channels. I think this is circumventing a lot of the chatter on YouTube videos that um, we hear at the end, sort of the last minute of every YouTube video these days are like, smash that like, subscribe, hit the bell, you know, things like that, because the algorithm is demanding engagement, right? In order to have monetization on your platform, and to be making revenue and to be quote unquote family safe, you have to have a certain amount of engagement. Well, now that like the second I follow you on Instagram, I'm subscribed to your IGTV channel, right? No more need to say hit subscribe. Okay. The bell was like the subscription button plus. Okay. So now IGTV, that's completely eliminated because if I interact with your Instagram content, I'm assuming the algorithm is going to push your IGTV notifications to me. So I'm seeing sort of like that YouTube rhythm built in, in terms of engagement. If I engage with your account, I'm going to start seeing your IGTV episodes. And so it solves that sort of like, where did my subscriptions go? Um, and that controversy that just like happened with YouTube on how they're thinking of even taking over your subscriptions panel because like that's the last frontier the trending page is completely um, trashed and controlled by the algorithm the main page your recommendations page when you land on YouTube is completely controlled by the algorithm and is auto populated content based on what you've watched in the past and things like that and so the subscriptions page was kind of the last frontier right it was the last kind of holdout for users on YouTube to have control over what they saw the right the idea was that if you subscribe to someone, you were going to get notifications. Well, it turns out that didn't happen. So then the bell came along and everybody was saying, smash that like, hit that bell, because then the bell was the only way to like actually get the notifications. And so I think having IGTV just wrapped into it, wrapped into your Instagram profile, um, 
will solve that problem. And if you're more engaged with people, you're going to see their IGTV videos. So I think that's kind of the hope and the cycle that Instagram has out of this. And it just boils down to, you know, video is king. And this is, you know, very interesting to be saying as I just am like consistently cranking out still images every day. But for me, that is still balancing out, right? Like that is still, I've done a lot on my Instagram recently. I talked about it a lot and a little bit in the last episode. I've unfollowed a bunch of people and I've migrated them to a secret account that hopefully nobody catches on to or whatever, but it doesn't post anything and it's private and it's meant just to follow every one. And what I mean by that are like famous quote unquote artists or like accounts with thousands of followers, bigger brands, things that aren't necessarily photo video related. I've been migrating the following to a secret account. So my follower count is trimmed down and this is after using an Instagram cleaner to get everything cleaned out um, as well. And then the other trick I learned from another YouTube video from another photographer was to then start blocking inactive accounts. And this is something I hadn't done yet. And so I used that same Instagram cleaner app to go in and block all of these inactive accounts. And what was interesting is um, the memories of when these people followed me kind of like flooded back. And it was back to that phase of um, Instagram where I was just doing mobile edits with my friend Blake up at CMC. And we were just kind of cranking out graphics, I'll call them, every single day on our mobile device like we were just editing and editing stock photography and other people's photography on our iPhones and just cranking it out um a lot of those inactive accounts were from that phase, right? So it's interesting to see the number of people who had kind of created second or third or whatever accounts to do their mobile editing and then just kind of like abandoned them. So a lot of that was trimming out all of those dead followers. So my follower count has gone down and my following count has gone down. But what's actually really interesting is because it's just like dead accounts, it's inactive accounts, my engagement rates and my reach rates have gone up. So uh, before I did all all this Instagram cleaner stuff, I was getting like, oh, what? On a good day, maybe 20 likes on an image, okay? And now that I'm scheduling content way in advance, I'm using a consistent filtering through the VSCO Visco app. Um, I'm timing everything based on my analytics. I've synced my account to a business account. Now that I've like taken all of these steps to like turn it into a machine, um, I'm seeing the rewards of that now. So now my average engagement with everything trimmed and synced and run up and like all good to go, I'm getting about 50 likes with my hashtag cloud. And I actually just trimmed my hashtag cloud down. It used to have like about 28 hashtags. And I just like trimmed some out that were like specifically for portrait photography or as I came to discover through following them were like for this certain type of um, photography that where you like hot, you really, you uh, really severely edit the photos, right? Like you're, you're pulling down the contrast. You tend to like underexpose them. So there was hashtag communities around that kind of photography. And like, I'm coming to discover I'm not really into that. So I've just been trimming that and, um, letting that go. And so my 
average number of likes is up and like some other things are up. And what's also cool is like I'm trying to rotate the link in my bio, I would say every week to a new piece of content, to a YouTube video or to a podcast episode to kind of keep track and get like click analytics on that and feed that through my story. Um, So, you know, just to kind of wrap up this tangent and now whatever that tangent was and kind of go into the features of Instagram. It's it's interesting to see this photo sharing platform where we all used to share one-to-one cropped, heavy filtered images now progress to a diverse portfolio of types of content creation, right? Like hyperlapse, boomerang, and layout, as well as now bigger moves like IGTV. And I think that's just purely responding to the users jumping on to stories. And I applaud everyone. I mean, like there are some fire stories out there and there's um, some great, I'll call them, you know, like story artists out there who are really good at telling their narrative and who are really good at using critical thinking and abstract thinking. The people who really excel at Instagram stories are those who have unpacked their critical and abstract thinking as an artist and their artistic practices and just applied it to Instagram, right? Like if you get excited about Instagram stories and you content create uniquely around them and you view it as art, then like I congratulate you because you have a fire story and you know who you are. And so I encourage you to like explore with that more too, you know, you can add um, Spotify songs to your story. So like, let us know what you're listening to in the studio that day and why you're listening to it or like doodle some little music notes with it, Um, you know, really add to your written breath and your kind of social media canon as an artist. Don't look at social media as sort of a chore, but sort of an opportunity to provide insight and contribute to the narrative of your creation as an artist and as a creator and as a maker, um, however you identify. I think those are the big ones that I like using. Um, And it just shows Instagram's investment in that, right? Like it shows that Instagram is invested in video and wants us to consume more video. And thus, as content creators, we need to be making more video. Um, So I'm going to be doing that, right? Like that's what these live streams are. And I have a YouTube channel with some client videos on it, but I've kind of been brainstorming around that. Like, what do I do um, as a content creator? So uh, would love to kind of hear your thoughts on that. I'm back. Okay. So we're going to do this for a minute and we're going to move into kind of the next section. We just got finished talking about Instagram TV and kind of what that means for video landscape um, and what that means for content creators and artists and makers moving forward. Basically, the gist of it is make more video, make Instagram TV episodes. Don't be um, don't just like cut corners and upload videos that aren't meant for that. You know, like really read Instagram's press release, dig up some other journalistic kind of listicles and other things like that and do a little research and watch some other people's content and really put the investment into it. Like really make a vertical video. Don't sweat about production value. Like I shot my first one with my iPhone and I used like, I literally searched vertical video in the um, app store and just like downloaded the top three things and like there's a watermark on my first episode and like I put this filter on it because I thought like you needed filters but I just did it you know and like I mixed in 
and I use different things like use hyperlapse and create some time lapses and mix those in and like storyboard things out like do one two three you know like have a little arc like think about Instagram TV but add that to your media landscape I kind of recommend I don't know I'm trying to shoot for once a week so there should be another one coming out this week I should try to make something out of that so we're going to move into um Instagram features and I thought I would just kind of go bit by bit um to see what your kind of takes are there's a lot of people that seem to be like in and out on Instagram on the live stream right now so it seems to be a pretty active kind of thing um so we're gonna just kind of go through it and this is in no particular order and it might end up completely edited completely different than what we talk about but okay so the whole thing with Instagram features and this is sort of in no particular order but let's just start off with posts like regular posting right so Regular posting is what people see on the profile. And usually with artists and makers and influencers, this is posts and your main page are sort of your portfolio, right? They're the standing example that anyone can go start scrolling through and is really nonlinear. Like if you posted something from years ago or months ago, it's still scrollable. It's still somewhat findable. You can go and like get that piece of content from a past exhibition. So people tend to have these posts a little bit more refined, right? And if you follow any influencers or you follow any like big league artists or content creators or things like that, you'll notice that there's like a certain look and a certain feel. And anytime I had a client or a friend like ask me, you know, what can I be doing? I really like these kind of people. You know, my first recommendation was like really like look at their feed without being a consumer. Like use your critical thinking and abstract thinking skills as an artist and and take the artistic principles of design, uh, the uh, principles of art and design into consideration and sort of like your marketing and business knowledge into consideration and look and notice that a lot of these major accounts have a consistent look and feel to them. What that means is they're usually using the same filter or the same preset. They're evoking the same emotions. Um, sometimes even the captioning is the same or is standard or aspects of the captioning are all consistent. Um, so when it comes to posts, like people in the creative industries and in the artistic industries and in maker realms tend to view your posts and your main feed as sort of your portfolio. They're the standing test of time. What I see a lot of anxiety around and a lot of struggle around is that concept, right? When you approach this as the mindset of this is my portfolio, you know, this is, this is it. This is the the thing that people are going to see, there's a lot of pressure with that, right? And there really shouldn't be. And the way that I alleviated my pressures was a little bit of investment in tools and a little bit of investment in time and planning um, and a whole lot of sacrifice, right? So one of the things that I had to overcome was like every post was going to be the post, right? Like every post was going to be the post that like made it big. That was my mindset. And that's not a good mindset to have. The way you get big and the way you grow is consistency, right? It's not the one home run. It's the fact that you make a career out of it, right? So that's what I had to overcome. And so in overcoming that, I started scheduling posts 
And before I unpack that, I'm actually going to back up to how I got that amount of content to where I needed to schedule it. So finally investing in a DSLR camera did it for me. I'm not going to say that investing in some kind of camera is going to do it for you. Yes, it was motivation for me because I was able to mentally tie the equipment to my efforts and my motivational efforts and knowing that if a camera isn't clicking, it's not... It's not generating anything. It's not generating equity and it's not generating income. So it's really motivated me to go out and reach out to a lot more people. It's motivated me to DM a lot more people. It's motivated me to like strengthen a lot more relationships, which is really nice. And to kind of take acquaintances into friends and friends reinvesting that into that relationship and really just like instead of following a bunch of huge photography accounts. I actually just weeded a bunch of accounts out and refocused on the photographers that I already knew, right? And just started to find people of my similar similar caliper to go and do photo shoots with. And then like people who are bigger than me, I've just been trying to be like their production assistant or maybe like their behind the scenes camera person because I have that experience as well. So having a camera really allowed me to just crank out a ton of content. And that was great. So having that, I moved it all into VSCO or Visco. And I kind of messed around with a couple of presets. I started with a lot of presets and then I quickly, quickly, quickly just like dropped entire sets of presets until I got down to a set of black and white ones that I'm still kind of experimenting with. I don't know. There's something about black and white photography. I just like having a set of black and white presets there still just to like test it. Right. Like even if it's never published, I want to see it with my eyes and see what it looks like in black and white. But I really think that color adds to narrative. So I often don't post black and white images and I don't plan to really on the main page anymore. Moving that into this, I moved all of that into Visco. I basically have been doing like copy edits, paste edits, right? Like, and I've just been continuing this one preset because I refuse to pay for like premium things, right? So I just copy and paste edits. I don't really have recipes or anything yet to share, but I've just been copying and pasting edits of like this one preset with a little bit of cranked clarity, a little bit of cranked sharpness, a titch of contrast, and maybe a half stop underexposed. I've been experimenting with that. Sometimes you get some richer blacks or some deeper shadows doing that. Um, But again, I really don't like over-exaggerating the truth. Um, So then after everything's done and edited in Visco, and that moves really fast now because I'm just copying and pasting edits, right? I export that and then I dump it into Later immediately. And I use this thing called Later.com, L-A-T-E-R, just like it sounds, Later.com. And I just dump the media in there. And I really don't go into crafting posts, right? Like that's just my basic photography workflow. Take pictures, use my phone, use my device to get them off my camera through the manufacturer's app, and then put them into Visco, and then crank them out and put those into Later, just into the media library because that's how later runs um and you can look at co-schedule you can look at hootsuite you can look at what else did i write down 
yeah, no, Cole Schedule and Hootsuite, because those are the ones I'm familiar with. But I've been using Later, and Later is focused around a media gallery. So it's perfect for me as a photographer, because I, I'm just doing still images right now, and I'm just doing, like, rows of three. I'm trying to get, like, a consistent feel or have, like, a mini story with every three posts. So I just dump them into the media library, and then I usually, like, let it rest, right? Like, I usually try not to write content unless there's, like, a pressing thought or, like, somebody said some kind of quote or something that I've been keeping in my head. I've been doing that. And then with later, that's where I've been pairing my Instagram analytics and my Facebook analytics, the data that they give you right on the business end with later and the, the ability to schedule content. So that lets me know how I want to break that down, right? Like, so lately I've been trying to get three images out in one day and that three images is a row on my Instagram profile. So it's just like another little mini story arc. One, two, three. I do one right at the crack of dawn, right? Like at eight, nine o'clock in the morning. Even though my analytic data at the beginning wasn't saying that that was a high time to post, I knew my gut was telling me that if I started doing it, I would engage that audience. And that personally, it was my sleeping habits, right, before I was scheduling content that were actually causing me to miss that window of engagement because there's a whole nother world that like starts at five, six o'clock in the morning and goes till like 9 a.m., right, and doesn't start work until like 9 a.m. and is just hustling and bustling and is on trains and getting ready and might be checking Instagram. So that's why I've been posting in the morning. And I think I've seen my graft shift a little bit. My peak time to post on Instagram is three o'clock. So I make sure that I get a piece of content out at three o'clock. And what I've been experimenting with is from this YouTube video where um, this guy said, like, post it a little bit before your peak time, like maybe 15 minutes before your peak time and jump on Instagram and do some engagement, right? And like drop some meaningful comments, do some liking, jump on the Explorer page, dig in the hashtags a little bit that you're about to use and like just show some love. Like I basically call it like preheating the oven is basically what he was recommending, right? Like if you're going to put a post in to bake for the next hour, you want to preheat the oven. You want to let people know that you're out there and that you're moving and you're hustling and you're shaking. So you do that and I've been experimenting with that and and then you just crank. And I've been trying to get, get engaged on that time. I can do it for like four of the days, but the days that I have to go to work, I can't get on and like social loaf that long anymore and just sit there and like do that kind of stuff on my personal account. So um, I can't really do that. And then I post later into the evening for the same reasons I post early into the morning, right? I think like people are on their way home and I think, you know, like they're on their commuter trains or maybe they're getting ready to go to bed already or they're just sitting on the couch and they're like second screening, right? And so that's another good time to just like push out another post, right? Like just another little one, like just a little sprinkle, sprinkle. So I think that was a really good takeaway from that video, you know, is to like get on a little bit before you're going to post and get engaged and then like stay on a little bit see if you get like any initial comments in the first 15 minutes and then like then you can get off but like get that oven preheated when you're about to set a post out to bake you know like if you want the love and you want the likes and you want the comments well then you got to give it 
right? And I think that's just a basic principle of life. And for some reason, that kind of gets negated on social media and people tend to treat it as like a one-way street when it's really not. So that's kind of what I'm going to say about posts is like get it figured out, get it consistent, and get it off your plate. Figure out a filter, figure out a rhythm, figure out a peak time. Don't guess. Use your analytics. Uh, Tie your Instagram to a Facebook page. Even if you don't post a lot on the Facebook page, that's fine. I get it. Tie it there so that you're getting that analytic data from both of those sources and you can see what your audience is doing. And when you know what your audience is doing and you know who your audience is, as we're going to talk about in another episode, then your engagement and your reach will start going through the roof. And then you also have to be a community member, right? Like if you want to get featured or you want somebody else to like show you love and make you famous, help make other people famous. Lift everyone up. Don't make it a one-way street. Put the social back in social media, drop some comments, drop some likes, drop some love. We could briefly talk about this thing, what we're doing right now, live streaming. I think live streaming on Instagram is really important. And I think it's a great way for creatives and makers to kind of highlight their processes, maybe have Q and A's or do things maybe like you don't have to do what I'm doing. Like you don't have to sit in front of the screen necessarily. I think you just have to get the live stream going and like do something interesting. Um, it's not on my landscape, but maybe it's out there. Like, I think it would be really cool to like live stream something being 3d printed or if like a material dries in a really cool way and changes effects, like live stream that or, um, live stream something drying while you're talking or like live stream something being milled or live stream a Q&A while your video is literally rendering in the background, you know, take these times where you would have quote unquote downtime during your creative process and turn them into marketing slots and maybe start live streaming. Um, I'm just doing this to do it. And yeah, I'm talking to people every now and then, but it's like not all the time. And I'm just putting goofy face filters on because I think it looks cool. I like being in the tropics. Um, and just do it, just live stream. Uh, because again, it's video content and Instagram is going to treat that differently. I bet a lot of people on Instagram found this live stream today because it moves me to the top of the story notifications when I do this. And I know we're all guilty of doing that at one point. Um, just like seeing somebody live stream something and you just push it. And I think there's cool ways in terms of like performance art and social practice art that you could push this. And I think like, again, makers and manufacturers, um, can really be pushing live stream and it could be really performative. It doesn't have to be like one-on-one, you know, you get to make the medium. It's just a tool. You get to use it how you want to do it. Sometimes there's just some rules around it. Instagram stories are really cool. And I think this is like really where artists have excelled, right? Is adapting to these snippets and these bites and sort of these little opportunities to create during the day. And I think artists are really good at that. And I applaud pretty much everyone I follow and know for doing a great job with stories. Just keep keep experimenting with it. Keep experimenting with it. Keep pushing it. Keep bringing in your creative thinking and your abstract thinking as artists into that and like know that it could be nonlinear. It could be insanely highly produced and you could put a lot of money and time and effort into it, or you can just do it on the go. Like just do it and really explore it. And like, 
when somebody at mentions you and if you have the feature to like throw it in as a sticker, like do that and reciprocate that love and throw Spotify tracks in and write essays. Like, I don't care. Just whatever you're doing with Instagram stories, keep doing it. But if you're not doing something, get on it and do it and like start talking about your day, start talking about the things that you're doing, start talking about your creative process. Because I think Instagram stories are kind of like snack bite artist statements, right? Like they're little snippets into your creative life. And if cracks in the pavement are doing it for you that day, like bring us into that world. Tell us why, you know, don't hide the document in a sketchbook or in a camera roll or forget about it, you know, share it, highlight it, save it, turn it into something and then use that as your documentation, right? Like I think a lot more artists should be moving towards what I would call a vlog or like uh, video documentation, you know, just having video essays, multimedia essays showing the research and the content creation. And I think Instagram stories can be that. And it's been a huge competitor for Snapchat. I mean, I'm not using my Snapchat anymore. I know a lot of people were complaining after the graphic user interface update that it just wasn't the same. And uh, personally, my engagement rates, my reach rates, my feedback rates, like everything, people liking and sharing and what have you has just always been better on Instagram stories than it ever was on Snapchat. And I also think like the issue with Snapchat again was like distribution and it was very hard to connect with someone like you had to have their code or know their name or thing like that to get connected on Snapchat. But now with like Instagram, it's turning into this like portal, this hub, like this spoken wheel thing where like I can access all of that under the same username, under the same profile. And I think that's very appealing to consumers. And I think it's very appealing to content creators too, because I can spend more time on like one platform and still get a variety of different types of content out and um, build equity under the same name, under the same account, which has been great. Instagram direct let's talk about this 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 wow so I was not using this feature like if you talked to me what three to six months ago I, unless it was like an automatic notification I was not using Instagram direct and then finally like I was just watching this Gary Vaynerchuk video and you're going to hear that name a lot. So it's Gary V at Gary V E E. Um, you're going to hear that name a lot. He's a huge inspiration to me and I'm going to be regurgitating a lot of his points, but he was the one that unpacked Instagram direct for me in a video. You know, he was saying that it's what email was in the 1990s. Instagram direct is now, right? Like you remember your first AOL address, or, you know, your first MSN address or your first Hotmail address. Like when you got an email, the world kind of stopped for a minute, you know? Like it was cool to hear that you've got mail or to like see that notification. And usually it was like an interpersonal communication at that point in time. It was someone you knew or was close to you and who was directly communicating with you because you had shared your email. And then like look at your email now, right? Like there was people um, that I went to college with that like never checked their academic email or never um, – really went through the spam filter or anything like that or the clutter or what have you. Um, and I'm guilty of that too. And that's even like the email that I share is like 
folders will fill up or things will get lost or things get marked as spam. And we really don't give our email the attention that we used to. And it's, I crack up every single time I'm riding the light rail train and there is someone like cleaning out the mail app with like 10,000 red little notifications and millions of blue dots. You know, they're just, (laughs) they've got to the ultimate uh, point of boredom that they're just cleaning out the mail app. So email is not what it used to be. So Instagram directs where it's at. And Instagram, since I started using it, I mean, it's been popping. That's how I get all my photography meetups to happen. I just had a potential client reach out to me through Instagram. I'm noticing a lot of other photographers and videographers like say DM me to shoot in their bio and things like that. And I know like like groups and comment groups and equity groups like that are um, really remaining. So um, that's kind of it for Instagram content content. Um, yeah, just keep at it. I'm getting a timer that I'm only allowed to have like another minute 40 remaining on this Instagram live stream. So I'm going to shut it down, maybe take a breather, uh, get a drink of water and we're going to get cracking on episode two here. Um, so Jimmy, I know you just joined. I just got a timer that I've only got about a minute remaining on my Instagram live feed. So I think I'm going to take a quick break. Um, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on Instagram and things like that moving forward. I really appreciate everyone that's tuned in. Obviously, you're an Instagram hustler if you found my live stream. So I want to say thanks to like, seriously, like, and this is not me just like saying thanks to say thanks, but like, seriously, like, thank you to everyone who's tuned into this live stream um, here on, on Facebook and everything and has been tuning into kind of the raw podcast recording. Um, I'm going to get another one going hopefully here in another minute because I have the studio until three. So I really appreciate everyone for tuning in. Um, This has been Creative Crunch with Curtis. I'm going to get another episode going here. Follow me on Twitter at Curtis underscore podcast. You can find Creative Crunch on anchor.com on anchor right now. It's anchor.fm slash creative crunch. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. I've got 20 seconds remaining. If you just joined Go get a drink of water. Get your thoughts together. Be brave. Come up with a comment for that second episode. Uh, we got a whole nother hour remaining. I've got eight seconds left, and I'm going to go until they shut me down. So thank you, everyone, and we'll see you in a little bit, and we'll get another episode done. Bye.